We hope you enjoy this tag preaching recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Um, yeah, it's just so great to be here. I just, um, yeah, I thank you for the opportunity, Pastor, to just yeah, roster me to talk. And I just, um, I, when I got the roster, I felt God laying a word in my um, spirit straight away. And I felt, um, oh, it's a bit too simple. Um, but then I thought, um, well, thought about what I think and how complex the word is. But what God wants to do in simple is good. So, so yep. Um, I pray that you will, yeah, you will minister to your, um, to your spirit. Um, so the title is um, Serving in the House of God. So I know that we serve in many areas um, outside of church, but I want to specifically talk about serving here in the house of God. Um, and that message came about inspired by questions that we often get asked, uh, Michael and I, uh, by our friends that don't come to church, um, that they, they find just really unusual why you give up on your Sunday to work. We wake up earlier than we wake up during the week and we get home later than we usually get from work. And they, they always ask, you know, oh, well, you're so busy on Sunday and why, why, why do you do it? But I also get asked by people from um, church, how do we do it? Um, you know, how do you guys do it? And this message is not about how Michael and Raquel do it, but what God has done in our lives. And then he empowered us to actually do what we do. So I really hope that, yeah, you will inspire you and in, in seeds that were planted will actually grow. Um, yeah, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> um, right, so I'll share three points of things that we um, do that help us. And I'll share one reason why, why we do it. Um, so one for, um, first point is we do it through prayer. Again, it's quite simple, but um, Psalm 138, verse 3. Um, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. So it's, it's that simple. We, we pray and, and God gives us strength. Um, he, we, we, we build trust that when we're serving, he's moving through us and he's doing what he wants to do through us. And we let go of our strength and we get hold of his strength. And with his strength, nothing is too hard. Nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. So that's um, before we come to Sunday morning, we pray in the car. We get the wholesome team. We pray with them. Um, we pray during the service. We pray later. And, uh, and that's, that's how, how we do it. We, we, we just pray. Um, point number two, we do it um, through giving. So I'll read a passage from First Chronicles 29. Um, it's quite quite long, so I'll read and I'll, I'll cut some some things. But it's just how um, when David wanted to build God's temple, but God said, "No, you're not going to build it, but your son Solomon will." But Dave was an active part of building God's house. Um, so in verse one, then King David turned to the entire assembly and said, "My son Solomon." whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is for the Lord, God himself. Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God. Now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, lots of, lots of things, um, 
in, but in verse 3, And now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected for his holy temple. Then he donated, he lists everything that he donated. Um, and then on verse 6, Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. They gave, and then heaps of stuff. Now, verse 8, they also contributed numerous precious stones. Um, yeah, the stones went there. But in verse 9, the people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. So, on previously said they had enough so they had enough to build the temple but king david still gave and everyone watching him give they felt inspired so when we give we serve with our treasure others they get inspired um i felt inspired a few sundays ago when i said when i saw people paying a hundred dollars for two muffins for youth fundraising for shout you know, I said, come on, you know, that, that, that's awesome. Um, when we let go, we give ro God room to move. That it's, again, it's, it's that simple. Um, um, now on verse um, point three, we choose to praise. Um, so in Isaiah um, 60, verse 18, um, again, talking about um, God's kingdom that will be, be, will be reestablished. Um, violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation, and your gates praise. And then on um, chapter 62, I'll just link, I'll link both. Uh, verse 10, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, Lift up a banner for the peoples. Um, I, I shared this with um, the hosting team a few weeks ago. Um, this verse here on verse 10, um, I felt God saying, you know, that, that's what we do on a Sunday. That's, what we're, that's, that's why we serve. Um, we're preparing the way for people. So we're, pretty, we're making this room warm. We, we're offering coffee. We are offering a kids program. We, we're preparing the way so they can actually come. We're building, build up, build up the highway. Highway is a place of easy access. So we're actually creating easy access so people can come here and they can meet God. Um, lift up a banner for the people. As a hosting team, we do that. We put those flags outside. <laughs> um, but before we do all that, we go through the gate. And on verse, on chapter 60, it says, You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. So we, we go through the gate. So I started thinking about this. And um, oh, my notes are still here. Yep, yep. <clears throat> um, if, if praise is a door, usually when I go inside the house, um, I get to choose the door that I go into. So in this, this place, I get to choose to go in by that door. Uh, I can choose to go through the garage, but the garage will take me to a cold place. And I may eventually get here, but why am I going to go through a cold place to actually get here if I can actually go through that door? And that will lead me to um, a, warm praise, a, a warm place. So praise 
will take us to the presence of God and we get to choose. Um, when we go to a house, again, we don't choose to go through a window. So praise is not a window. That, so we don't get to choose. If praise was a window, then yeah, I can't, I can't choose to go through a window. But praise is a door. So I actually get to choose the door. So despite my circumstances, despite what I'm feeling, despite that it's cold, despite that I want to sleep more, despite of that I have work to do, that I have everything to do, I choose to praise and I choose to go through that door. So when I serve, it's not on my own strength. So we, we pray, we give, but then we, we choose to praise. And when you choose to praise, it's not like if I, if I choose the garage, I get to the garage. So if I choose praise, I will get to the presence of God. It's not, I maybe get there, I will get there. And once you're in the presence of God, you don't even feel that you're, you're working hard, that you're standing up for four hours. So those three points, <laughs> um, you know, number one, we pray. Because as we, as we serve, we, we often say, you know, we, we die to ourselves and it's more, more of God and less of us. So when we pray, we realize it's not on, not on my own strength. When we give, it's not on my own power. When we praise, it's not dependent on my own circumstance. So it's just taking the focus out of ourselves. That's how we do it. We take the focus out of ourselves and, and we focus on God. Um, now, one reason why, so we, you know, we serve out of what Jesus done for us. But I felt about six months ago, um, God talked to me about um, Abraham and encouraging me to, to keep serving because of Abraham. And he led me to um, two passages. Uh, I've got 28 minutes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so in Genesis 12, um, verse 7 to 9. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I'll give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and I to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord. Um, and then on Genesis 13, Again, it's just another passage uh, with something in common. Um, so verse 14 to 18. Um, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I'll give you so many descendants like the dust of the earth. They cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Abram and settled near the oak. Oh, yes, set near the oak grove belonging to Memre. There he built another altar to the Lord. So two things in common is pretty much, well, God gives Abram a promise straight away. Abram goes and builds an altar. So it's promise, he builds an altar. Promise, he builds an altar. I felt God saying, we, we all have promises from God. We, all, we are all hoping for something. We are all believing for something. And I felt God saying to me, why are you waiting? You build. So why are you wait? You offer, when you build an altar, you offer a sacrifice. So Raquel, when you, why do you wait? You build, you build my house, you bring your sacrifice of serving. 
Because as you build, you're walking towards your, your promise. So I don't stand still. You know, we are a movement. Start, start moving. Put your hands up. Um, <laughs> so, so we don't stand still. We, and and that was, it was so amazing because he gave me that word six months ago. And then I met uh, Pastor Peter Prother at the summer camp. And he gave me that word. You know, he said, keep working. And last week, Pastor Helen Monks told me the same thing. He sh he, she said, you keep working. I just get a sense. You keep working in the house of God. And I thought, wow, you know, yeah, he gave me that six months ago. It's just amazing. Uh, <clears throat> and um, Abraham was called the father of faith, right? And um, yeah, he had a gift. Faith is a gift and he had that gift. But I believe that when he received the promise and he went building the altar, that's where God worked in his faith even more. So when I'm serving, it may feel like, I'm doing things, but I'm actually, God is working in my life. So I'm, I'm serving for me. I'm, I'm, yeah, I serve, you know, I, I don't want to get too theological here, but it's, I'm serving for myself because as I serve, God, God's ministering. God's ministering so much. My life is transformed. It's, it's by, by the hands of God. It's things that I, I, I couldn't do on my own. Um, but then the word sacrifice, because we often think the word sacrifice is, is a negative word. It's sacrifice, it's hard, it's, it's a burden. Um, but actually, the root, root of the word sacrifice, I'll get there, I'll say now. Yeah, so sacrifice in Hebrew is korban. The root of the word korban, uh, and then the next one is to be close to someone, something. So the sacrifice, the burnt offerings back in the days in the temple was the purpose of that was to bring people close to God. So while I serve, it's a sacrifice. I'm, I'm just getting closer to God. It's not a sacrifice that I, that I, I feel. I'm, I'm, that's, why, that's how we don't feel what we're doing because we're just getting closer to God. That's, that's all. Um, so, um, yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll finish with a challenge um, to you. If you're not serving in the life of the church, why not? Why not? Um, it's just another opportunity to get closer to God. Because um, as we serve, we enable him to work in areas of our life that they wouldn't get exposed otherwise. Um, and if you're serving, but you're still finding it hard, um, can I encourage you to keep serving because God, God will move. God will move. As you keep serving, he will move. Um, and I, I, I pray that those three, three things that I shared, although the, yeah, they're, they're simple, but I really pray that they will encourage you to keep serving and to keep, yeah, to keep loving God, to keep serving him wholeheartedly, that he will, he will move in move in your life. Um, isn't it on Psalm 84? A, a day in your house is better than a thousand elsewhere. So I'll leave you with that. That Psalm to finish that off. Thank you.
Awesome. Hey, you can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Tammy, and I had to write that down because I'm so nervous I thought I might forget my name. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so um, my name is Tammy, and I have a husband uh, called Jason who um, is on the hosting team who is serving in the house of God. Good, eh? Um, and we have two kids. We have a, a, a little girl, Sophie. She's five. And we have a wee boy, Jed, who is three. And I love them very, very much. They're, I think they're very, very cute. Um, and, uh, yeah, I want to thank um, Pastor Will and Pastor Desiree for the opportunity to speak today. And um, what I'm speaking today, it's a bit of a life message. It's my life message. And um, I didn't think I would cry, but it's, like, getting close. Um, anyway, uh, and... Uh, and the, t- the title, I, I have a double-barrel name for my message, um, or two thoughts maybe. Um, the first is, it's not over until you're living in abundance. And the second is, it's not over until Jesus gets the glory. So um, they're, they're, they're the two thoughts, so you know where I'm going with all of this. Um, so what I really want to encourage anyone here who is going through a challenge, if you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a bit of a test or anything like that, I want to encourage you and hopefully give you some hope that you're going to get through whatever you're facing um, and that you will survive. So first off, you're going to survive, but but you're actually, um, you know, it's not over until you're living in abundance. You know, God is going to bring whatever challenge you're facing um, and you're going to grow through it. You're going to thrive through it. And ultimately, it's so that Jesus might be glorified. You know, it's not over until he is glorified. And uh, so the first one around abundance, um, there's this, this principle of going um, from, from a hard time to abundance. And it's, it's found throughout the Bible. And I wanted to um, firstly... Um, speak from the Psalms, so an Old Testament verse, and then I'm going to go to John 10. So if you have your like traditional flick through Bible, um, go to Psalm 66 and John 10. And if you're on your you version one, then you'll just have to quickly flick between them because it takes time. Um, so Psalm 66 verse, verses 8 to 12, it says, praise our God. O peoples, let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and he's kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, you tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. And in the New Testament, there's another verse around abundance and it's um, similar. It says, John 10, 10, it's, it's, it's um, a reasonably common verse, and it says, yeah, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come, so Jesus has come, so that you may have life, and you may have it more abundantly. Yeah? So in the Bible, there's lots of these stories of, um, of uh, people surviving through challenges or whatever um, to be thriving or in abundance. You know, Job, he, he was a really prosperous man, and... Um, what happened to him is all his his sheep and his livestock died. Um, his children died. He got really unwell. He was covered um, head to toe in these these horrible boil things, and um, he walked through that journey. And at the end of that, he actually received double. He received double the sheep, double the oxen. He got more children, you know. So he he um, 
he came from a place of a challenge, and you might be walking through a challenge or, or whatever, um, but he came to a place of abundance. Joseph is another person in the Bible who, um, he was, his own family sells him into slavery. So he becomes a slave and then he's imprisoned. He's falsely accused of something he did not do. Um, and he's put into prison. But in the end, he, um, he's um, effectively, if they had them in that day, the prime minister of Egypt, you know, a, a really, really big um, country of the time and put in a position that not only had him, Um, personally in a place of abundance and wealth, um, but in a position that saved his family and the generations that followed. Um, So it's not over until you're living in abundance. And, um, you know, God's going to rescue you. He supports you. You know, whatever you're facing, he'll bring you into abundance. Blessing, favor, freedom, wide open spaces. He knows your limit. Um, He's built you. He's built you for this challenge, um, and um, you can have the confidence that whatever you're facing, He's with you, and He will bring you through it. And um, I've I've seen God walk with me through through some fairly big challenges. Some of you may know. So Sophie, my five, our five year old daughter, she um, she has has a big health challenge. She wasn't. Um, born with a normal heart. Her, her heart didn't form like, like a normal heart in the womb. And um, she's got a really rare condition, you know. She's a very extra, extra special kid. Um, she, this condition is a one in 40,000 kids, you know. She took the hit so that 40,000 other kids wouldn't have this condition, which is pretty heroic, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that deserves a clap. She's, um, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and... You know, um, we found that out at our 18-week scan um, where we, you think, you know, you just find out if it's a boy or girl. Um, we didn't even find out she was a girl at that stage. We just found out about this heart thing. Um, and so we, we did um, what I hope you would do in that situation, and we prayed. We prayed that Jesus would miraculously heal her, that she would be born with a totally healthy heart. And, um, you know, that, that didn't happen. Um, and since then, you know, she's gone through three, three operations on her heart. You know, the most um, recent was just two weeks ago. You know, they replaced a pacemaker. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of easy. She doesn't actually have to do her own heart beating. A pacemaker does it for her. So, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, anyway, so we've journeyed through that. You know, we, um, we've learned a lot from it. Um, we had to deal with our disappointment because... We had to walk through the, Jesus didn't answer the prayer the way that I wanted Jesus to answer the prayer, you know, um, that sort of thing. But we've learned his ways are higher, you know. He's got a plan, you know. We can trust in him that though we walk through the darkest valleys that he is with us. Um, and also, um, I want to give him glory too because um, there's definitely moments in Sophie's life where had we not been in certain places like Starship, which is the children's um, hospital up in Auckland, you know, her heart stopped beating, you know, and she was right in the right place at the right time so that they could pump in all the adrenaline and, and put in a pacemaker. Like, you know, like um, all glory to Jesus that, that we were in the right place at the right time to literally save her life. Um, so we're still walking it out. Like we can't, I can't say right now that I am living in uh, abundance in terms of health for my family right now. But what I can say is that 
I'm living in internal abundance, you know? Um, so, so I want to, um, up on the screen, hopefully, Romans 5 says this. It says um, from verse 3, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You know, this, these tests, they develop our character. Whatever you're walking through right now, it's developing your character. It's developing endurance. It's, it's strengthening your hope in, in um, Jesus. You know, um, through the last five years, I am a changed person because of the journey, because of the challenge. You know, I'm, um, my character has been refined through it. You know, I'm far more patient than I ever was. I'm more understanding. I have more compassion. I have more grace, you know? Um, and it's because of the trial. It's because of the hard times that that's, that's occurred. Um, but I also have a greater hope, a greater hope in God, you know, that he has saved us. He's rescued us. He ensured we were there at the right times, you know? He's walked through us, um, through those dark valleys, through those long surgeries, you know? He's there, you know? My hope and my trust in God is, is stronger because of it, you know? So I'm living in internal abundance because of it. And um, I wonder for you, um, what character is God developing in you through whatever you're facing? What hope is he growing in your heart that you may trust in him to a new level, to a greater level? I wonder... If on the way to external abundance, to full healing, to, to full salvation, to victory, that we could um, choose to live in internal abundance, that we could choose to use these hard times to help us develop endurance, character, and hope in our Jesus. The last uh, story I wanted to share from the Bible is um, the story of Lazarus. Um, it's in John 11, and I'm not going to read, read through it all. Um, but it's the story that there's this guy, and he's a friend of Jesus, and he's really unwell. So his sisters, they um, send a message to, to Jesus saying, Lazarus, you know, he's really unwell. Come, come, you know. And this is uh, Jesus' response um, to this in John 11, verse 4. And it says, <clears throat> but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. What's interesting is that first part where it says, he says, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. Jesus is... Um, he calls out the worst case scenario. Like they've just sent a message saying Lazarus is sick. And he says... Uh, it won't end in death. He's calling out the worst case scenario, the, the greatest fear. And I wonder with your, um, whatever you're walking through, I wonder what is your greatest fear in it? And Jesus, he is saying to you right now that it won't end in that. It's not going to end in death. It's not going to end in depression. It's not going to end in barrenness. It's not going to end in bankruptcy or divorce or failure or loneliness or sickness. Yeah? And in fact, the truth is, it ends in the opposite. So later on in the story, Jesus 
goes and Lazarus is in the tomb and he, and he raises him from the dead. Um, so, so it didn't end in death, it ended in life. So your story ends in the opposite. Your story ends in life. It ends in blessing. It ends in fruitfulness. It ends in abundance. It ends in healing. It ends in wholeness. That is what your story ends in. Because it's not over until you're living in abundance. And, and here's the kicker. Here's the last point. Um, that victory, that blessing, that breakthrough, that abundance is actually for God's glory. The second part of the statement, which Jesus says in 11.4, he says, it won't end in in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. You see, Jesus received greater glory from the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead than he did if he would have just, you know, made him well. There was greater glory in that. And in fact, it's really interesting that this particular miracle actually helped initiate the events which led to the cross, the ultimate glory of Jesus. So I wonder if we could have the same response to whatever challenge is facing us, if we could have a greater sense of purpose in the suffering that ultimately God would be glorified at that actually it's not over until Jesus gets the glory. Maybe we could be less concerned with our comfort and our preference about timing or how Jesus is going to answer your prayers and more concerned with his glory shining through. That all the pain and the suffering... And all the surgeons, all the surgeries that Sophie's gone through, that all the unknown, that it would be worth it, that he is glorified, that he receives the greater glory. You know, what if there's greater glory for Jesus for whenever he heals Sophie than when, um, that if he just healed her in the womb, you know? You know, people could have talked it away. They could have said, oh, those scans, they must have been reading funny, you know? But she's got a pacemaker and she can hold it up one day and say, this used, I used to have this. <laughs> that she says, I used to hold this uh, in my tummy to make my heart beat. Now Jesus makes my heart beat. I don't need a pacemaker, you know? Like, there's, there's greater glory in that, you know? Um, and, and I don't understand, and, and you know, I don't need to understand. Yes. All I need to know is that it's not over yes. until I'm living in abundance, and it's not over until Jesus gets the glory. Yes. <laughs> so that's sort of all I had. So, um, so Andrew, do you want to do... Because um, what I wanted to do now is I just wanted to pray um, for anyone here who is, who is going through a trial, who's going through a hard time, um, anyone who's, yeah, facing a battle right now and you don't understand and, and anything like that and, you're not, and you feel, where is this abundance? Where is this Jesus? And I, wanna, I just want to pray for you. So, um, so if that's you, why don't you just, um, I don't I know, raise your hands or...
put your hand on your heart or, or whatever you do, and I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you that you are with us, oh God. Lord, I thank you that you have a plan. Lord, I thank you that um, even though the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy, you've come to give us life and life in abundance, God. I thank you that your promises still stand, Lord, through whatever we are facing, Lord God, through whatever, whatever battle, whatever challenge, whatever test we are facing right now, God. Lord, I pray your peace into it, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we would have a greater sense of purpose in the pain and the suffering and the challenge, that we will live in victory, God, that we will live in abundance, Lord. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would receive the greatest glory. Lord, that it would be worth it that you would be glorified that whatever we walk through, God, that you be glorified, God. Thank you for everyone that's here, God. Thank you that you've got a great plan and purpose for them, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that, um, that you'd bring your peace and your comfort, that you'd bring your hope. Lord, we know, Lord, we're gonna get through this. We're going to grow from this, God, and that you would be glorified. Amen. Awesome. Can we give it up for both Tammy and Raquel? Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.